The RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, District 5810. I'm Greg Tepper. Sitting across the table from me is the man they call Josie. Hello, Greg. They only whisper it. Josie. Hello, Greg. It's Andrew Rutz. Hey, Josie. Hey. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Just communicating. Oh. See... I ruined it. I'm really not good at this. See, this is the thing, is that our our theme today is communication. Although, you know what the thing is, though, is people have probably seen the title of this podcast, so they probably already know that. So you didn't really ruin anything, but it's I'm okay. going to be honest. I would have preferred you didn't do that. Yeah. But now, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You got to just push through. This is the official podcast of Camp Rally District 5810. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us uh, as we will discuss, oh, you know, stuff. Whatever's on our mind, really. Driving. Drive, driving. Car stuff. Car stuff. Yeah, yeah, we were talking in the break um, about how you drive a truck. Yes. You drive a big beep beep truck. And um, as a Texan, I'm a fraud because I, I know like really, I don't know anything about trucks. Whenever somebody starts to talk about trucks, you mm-hmm. just nod and oh, yep, that's yeah, cool. Is, uh, like a Hemi's a thing, right? Yeah. Okay. See, and like I'm trying to put on a brave face, but I probably know as much as you about. But you trucks. know about your truck. You yeah, have a I have, truck. So I have you, a city like, truck. City truck. But but that's the thing. You still have a truck, right? Like I don't. <laughs> I drove a 2004 Mazda Tribute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about trucks. I don't know anything about the tribute. Well, you're not missing much, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, no, I it, it's it's I, I should probably, as a Texan and as somebody who, who theoretically has, like, um, Texan bona fides, mm. bona fides, bona fides, bona fides, bon- who has well. Texan <laughs> stuff in my guts, um, I should probably know something about trucks, don't know anything. Well, thing. we'll work on that. And then there's the other, and then there's the other thing that I don't understand about cars. There's uh, a lot of things I don't understand. Yeah. What's the deal? Um, and this is, and, 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 and I, there are going to be some people listening to this podcast who are going to feel very seen. Uh, Jeeps. Oh, okay. okay. Big jacked up Jeeps. Mm-hmm. John Huber. Scooter, Scooter Ward. Okay. Big jacked up Jeeps. I think they're cool. Yeah. Don't know anything about them though. <laughs> like I just look at them and like those are cool. That is all I have to say about that. And they got the like the Jeep wave whenever yeah. you like pass people and Well and, and like and like I just get the feeling that John and Scooter could talk to each other about their, their Jeeps for days. Yep. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's true. I just I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. Anyway, yeah, thanks I got for nothing. spending part of your day with us here on the Rylocast. Coming up in a minute, we will hear from uh, the Ryla OG, one of the very true Ryla OGs. We hear from Paul Murray, who we spoke with at camp, and um, he he we once again left him in charge with choosing our theme for the for this episode. We gave him a big list of words, and he chose the word communication. And you've got the big segment, but I do want to say something as a positioning statement on this. Absolutely. This is a tough one. This is tougher than you think to do a podcast on. Oh, believe me. Like this, for those who don't look, you're thinking, oh, communication. They can talk about anything. Well, yeah, but there is like, where do you go 
talking about something that's so integral to, to, to leadership that is not going to sound cliche, that is not going to sound like you've heard it 100,000 times. This is very difficult, which is why Josie's got the big segment. <laughs> Here was something to think about is Josie. Well, thank you, Greg. Yeah, I'm, this is – you go ahead and just fast forward to Paul because you're not going <laughs> to want to be here for I'm this sure big this segment. Uh, you know, I wrote down a couple words, but but you are correct. Like communication, it's – oh, yeah, well, communication. Uh, communication is evolving. Um, <laughs> communication is evolving. This is my TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> but we live in an age where we have our phones – uh, and you can communicate by talking on them, texting, voice te- like voice mails. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's your stance on voicemails? It's I don't leave them. I don't leave them. You see my number. Yeah. I I don't either. And <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I think it was Aziz Ansari. And I don't know if Aziz Ansari has been canceled. But um, he had some sort of stand-up thing. And it was about... How it's like if you leave me a voicemail, like you'd better, or like if you're calling me, you'd better be dying, <laughs> or something like that. Um, you know, because it's like text messages are so informal, much more informal. But yeah, I, I basically, unless it's someone that I really need something very specific from, mm-hmm. then I won't. Like I don't think I will. I'll leave a voicemail. Almost yeah, I don't. I I very rarely, if ever. Anyway, go on with your point. Well, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, so we live in an age of communication. It's very difficult and it's very changing. Uh, but I think there's something to be said uh, for picking up the phone. I was trying to do some research on this topic, and you know, it talks about in you know leadership and in a in a corporate setting or just a work setting where we kind of get email overload. Oh yeah. And I think we really get communication overload, like whether that's snail mail, email. I mean, just look at. You you can't go anywhere without being communicated. One well, that's really not the without mm-hmm. being talked at because yeah. communication is really kind of a two way street in my opinion. And uh, the other day I had to go get fingerprinted for work. Oh no! Yeah. So is this is about that thing you we agreed we wouldn't talk about on the podcast. I'm just going to bring it up. Okay. I'm just going to talk about it. It's okay. It's tough. <laughs> uh, so I went into that. I went into this place, this fingerprinting building, and uh, I walked in. You, know, you sign in your name and the sign in sheet, and I turned the corner, and there's about three rows of four chairs in a white room with nothing, no magazines, no TV. It's a waiting room, and it is just you. Mm. And uh, I sat down and, of course, immediately pulled out my phone. Uh, but I was I was kind of amazed that it's 2019 and it's, hey, we need a waiting room. Throw some chairs in um, and you're just alone with your thoughts. But as I was leaving, you know, did got my fingerprints. As I'm leaving, this guy uh, is in a black suit and has a tie in his hand. And he says, hey, do you know how to tie a tie? Like. I don't know this guy. This guy doesn't know me. Sees me wearing pretty much what I'm wearing now. No mm-hmm. tie, just button down shirt. And he said, Hey, do you know how to tie a tie? And I, I have said, a question. Yeah. Do you know how to tie a tie? I do. All right. Yeah. So I was like, Yeah, I do. See you later. And just <laughs> What a jerk you are. <laughs> and just walked out. Uh, no, I I I stood there and tied it. Uh and <laughs> if you ever want, do you know how to tie a tie? Okay. So have you ever tried to tie a tie on someone else? Yes. 
it's it's more difficult mm-hmm. than tying your own tie. But sat there, and it took me a couple tries to get it the right length. Um, and then we just went on our merry way. And the the thing about communication is, however crazy technology gets, it still boils down to you know one on one being locked in. So, and I say that to to say nothing beats a phone call, uh, and nothing really beats face to face. There's the whole um, not the whole, but there's a story about a professor who, you know, throws in, I don't know if you've heard this, it's a mason jar, look it up, it's a lot better when you Google it, but a mason jar and he throws in like golf balls and, um, a bunch of other things that on the outside look like they won't fit in the mason jar. And at the very end, he pours two cups of coffee in and the, um, I guess the punchline of the joke or story is, you're never too busy. You're never juggling too many things to have a cup of coffee with a friend. Sure. Um, and so this idea of communication, make sure when you talk to somebody or communicate with them something very important that you give them your full attention and you're deliberate in the way you explain things and what you need. And don't don't lean on the, you know, Thanks, K. Thanks, bye. Text yeah. messaging. Don't lean on technology um, and expect the same results as if you were just deliberately focused on that individual. Sure, I think it's like it's methodology, right? Mm-hmm. Is like we can acknowledge that the same words said in one way at one time are will be completely different than the, than those exact that exact phrase said in that exact way in simply just a different mode of communication, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, if I send you a text message, right, versus if I write you a letter versus if I send you an email versus if I call you, those all have different um, connotations, contextualizations. Mm-hmm. Um, they can all mean different things. Even though the words are the same, even even if the tone is the same, right? it can still mean different things. And I think recognizing that, I think, could be really, I don't know, interesting. Yeah. Good point, yeah, Josie. That's something to... I like that. That was, a, that was an interesting twist on where I thought you were going. I did not anticipate you tying a tie for a guy. Yeah. I'll be honest. I was like, I was like, I was like where's this going? And then it was like, I tied a tie for a guy. I was like, that's a plot twist. Not going to lie. I was like, because I am very much, hey, I'm in my zone. I'm mm-hmm. locked in, walking to where I'm going oblivious to the world around me. Uh, but it was one of those moments that like, Hey, just break the, you know, break your own barrier sometimes and, and interact with people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Good job, Josie. That was a tough one. Well, and thanks. You handled it with a plum. Is a plum, the right a plum, one? plum, plum, Bob. You, oh, yeah. Handled yeah. It you handled plum. it with self-confidence or assurance, especially when in a demanding situation. Hey! Well, thank you. Speaking of somebody who will handle this next conversation with a plum, here's our conversation with Paul Murray. Don't you do not want to miss this? Stay with us, on Riley Cast. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. Here we. <laughs> that was. Why don't, well, can you explain where we are first? Yeah, and we'll then explain I'll this and we'll explain, explain what happened. Yeah, so um, we're once again we're in our palatial um, home away from home at Camp Hobbitsill in the conservatory um, in a beautiful, actually very well appointed music practice room. We are um, at camp. 
recording podcasts uh, here, uh, and I introduced you, and you got a frog in your throat. Yes, because we are doing road shows, um, and it's day three. Yeah, I'm a little parched. Well, I'm not well hydrated. So I thought you just had a frog in your throat because you were intimidated by our guest. I that, yeah, that's the real reason. We are pleased to be joined by, really and truly, the Ryla OG himself. Ladies and gentlemen, get up for Paul Murray. Yeah. Oh, gee, is old guy, right? Um, yeah, okay. we'll go with that. Yeah. Definitely not original gangsta. Instead, it'll be old guy. Um, <laughs> Paul, welcome to the Rylacast. Thank you for having me. I well, appreciate it. Uh, you were a you were a, a, a Rylarian in in the year one. What was the Rylacast like then? <laughs> Uh, it was mostly smoke signals. Mm, interesting. Did they carve it in stone? Uh, no, it was. Well, you know, we had guys like you know Bob, and uh, they couldn't possibly carry those stones up those hills at Bridgeport. Certainly, <laughs> certainly. So, uh, we'll start this podcast the way we start all of these podcasts. Uh, we're we're going to ask you to tell what I imagine is a pretty singular Ryla story. What is your Ryla story? Uh, my Ryla story. So. Um, Interestingly enough, my Ryla story actually kind of predates the first camp because um, back when it was still District 581, they sent a couple of representatives to a Ryla camp in Taos, New Mexico. They took a couple of students with them, one of whom was a friend of mine from Coppell High School who was a year older than me. Cowboy fight never dies. Absolutely. And uh, so the next year when they had this pilot program for uh, Camp Ryla in our district, um, I was selected along with uh, another student in my class, uh, Zach Estes, and we were told, well, go talk to Andrew. He's, he's gone to the camp. And funny enough, like pretty much everyone after me, I got to hear the same thing everyone else is, which is, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Just go. Mm. Mm. That's a, you know, honestly, that's how I, I like to live my life. It's just, <laughs> you know, just don't, don't ask any questions. Don't don't learn anything about it. Just go. Uh-huh. Um, and and now here we are, um, twenty eight years later, mm-hmm. and you're back again. I'm back again. As long as they'll keep having me here, I am happy to come here. This is my favorite week out of the year. So, uh, what do you do now? Uh, well, these days I work as a research scientist uh, at a laboratory at the University of Texas called the Applied Research Labs, and everything I do there is classified. Oh. Really? Really. So we can't talk about that thing you were telling me <laughs> off off the air about the... the, the why, why are you doing the throat slash? Oh, okay. Um, okay. So then, then I guess, you know, you mentioned that this is your favorite week out of the year. Um, I'm, I'm always interested in hearing from, from folks uh, why they keep coming back. Because this, this is a sacrifice, right? You, you are away from your, your daily life. You're away from your family. You're away from your work. Uh, you come here, what, what, why is it important for you to keep coming back every year? When I was a camper at uh, Camp Ryla in 1991, it, it, it changed the way I looked at a lot of different things. Most importantly, my relationship with other people. And it was such an important experience for me. I left that week going, I want to have the chance to give other people this experience. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I come back year after year is I want other people to have the opportunity to you know, have the penny drop for them as well. Mm. Um, this is, I'm sure we could be here for, for a while discussing this, but 
how how would you say that camp has changed since you went in 1991 to this in the year 2000 and what, Josie? Uh, 19. 2019. It's changed in a lot of ways. I mean, the most obvious one is the, the first year there were 47 campers and it was all male. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are more people on staff this year than there were staff and campers combined. Mm. I think both of the first two years, actually. Mm. Uh, after that, in you know, in 1992, we added uh, female campers to the mix. That was one of the uh, really a lot of the Rotarians insisted on that. If you know we're going to continue this program, it has to be an equitable program, mm. and rightly so. Um, it, beyond that, it's grown. You know, we've changed the facilities that we use. We were at Bridgeport for a long time, and then Palestine, and you know, now here in Midlothian. Um, the mechanics of some of the things are different in terms of how we operate. We've learned how to do things a little better, but the spirit of it, the feeling of it, is still the same. You know, there is a consistent vibe you get. Uh, you know, when I drive through that gate here on the first day before camp starts, you know, you have that feeling that you're home. Mm-hmm. And it's the people here that create that. And that's the thing that doesn't ever change. So you have been here uh, on, on staff uh, almost every year that you've been here, you've been in the cabin. Um, I'm interested in maybe what you've learned about yourself, what you've learned about the camp, what you've learned through those those years spent in the cabin with a cabin group uh, here at Ryla? Oh, that's a, that's a great question because you never know what you're going to get. Every year is different. The challenges are different. Uh, some years, uh, you know, everybody gets it and they're just with it right from the beginning. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes uh, I've stumbled. You know, I've made mistakes where it's like, oh, I didn't quite do a good job of creating that 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 safe environment for everybody, you know, I let the the humor get a little too out of control or things like that. It's the the mistakes that I made are the things that stick with me the most. And so I try to remember those lessons every year and improve what I do, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, how I set things up and what kind of tone I expect. The other thing that's changed a lot is I'm I'm an OG, I'm an old guy now. (laughs) And so uh, the way I related to campers who were 17 when I was 28, 29 is very different now that I'm 45 and, I have a, and I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. So um, I have to use my assistant counselor very differently. I have to pick my moments because I know as the old guy with gray hair, I only have a limited number of times that I can you know, make a point, m- jump in. So I work with the assistant counselor a lot more than I used to. Um, but uh, you know, I've got I've had so many great campers over the years. Um, you know, if you go look on my Facebook page, seventy five percent of the people who are my friends are, are my are my kids. I think of them as my kids, and I get to watch them grow up and have careers and get married and have families of their own, and I love that. And it's one of the things that uh, keeps me coming back here. So, uh, as we do with all of our guests here on the Riley Cast, uh, we invite them to plug something. Uh, so the floor is yours uh, to tell us about in the world it about can be something. A, it can be a book. It can be a movie. It can be a song. It can be a recipe. It can be 
your favorite Ryla cast host. Your favorite Ryla <laughs> totem. Uh, your favorite Ryla totem. <laughs> yeah. It can be whatever you like. The floor is yours. Uh, well, I am very privileged to belong to two organizations that have a very similar feel to them. Ryla is one of them. Um, in 2002, I uh, participated in something called Guitar Craft, which is uh, a series of guitar courses that were taught, ar taught around the world between 1985 and 2010. And there are a number of musicians that have spun out of that. Uh, probably the most famous that many people have not heard of, though, is a group called California Guitar Trio. Uh, they are three of the kindest, most wonderful people I've ever met. Um, and I do everything I can to support them. Got to work with them in the past, uh, you know, share the stage with them on occasion, and uh, so I always like to plug them. Um, if you want to know what guitar craft is like, imagine Rilo with guitars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so uh, a camp full of crazy people, except they have guitars. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's 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 fair. Um, you know, we we asked you like all of our guests to, to choose a word coming into this, and and you chose the word communication. Um, but here's the thing. Normally, the question we ask is like, "How do you use it in your everyday life?" But we can't talk about your job. Mm. You told me specifically we can't talk about your job. Why are you doing the throat slash again? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah. Okay, so so you know, everybody, I guess I'll ask, everybody uh, makes that joke. You know, it's like, well, so if you tell me I, you have to kill me. Mm -hmm. That's a huge misunderstanding. We have a whole team of people who take care of that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do that. Yeah, the killing <laughs> department. You know, yeah, check your brakes before you leave. The elimination <laughs> department. Uh, I guess why is it that you chose the word communication with regards to why, why does that uh, um, resonate with you? Uh, well, it's not just with uh, Ryla and leadership. It's really in so many aspects of my life and the world today. In order to be a good leader, you have to be able to effectively communicate. And a lot of what we teach here is not a just simply verbal communication. It's about you know your body language, how you present yourself, how you present yourself in the world, and being the kind of you that you want to be, like Scooter likes to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's communication. And when you look out at the world and you look at what's going on, and we see I know I see a great need for leadership, for better leadership than what we have. Mm -hmm. And that's why Ryla is really important. And we need leadership not just in official positions. We need people to be leaders at every level because conversation is something that doesn't happen right now. People don't talk about important things. People don't talk about issues. They fight with each other. They yell at each other a lot, but they don't communicate. And there's only two ways to solve conflicts. There's either conversation or violence. And so we have to teach people how to have better conversations. And communication is also something that's key to my personal life. You know, uh, you guys are both married, so you understand what it's like, you know, when there is a bump in the road and mm -hmm. you have to get through it. It's like you can't, you can't ignore it, you can't walk away from it. And how you communicate mm -hmm. determines how well that conflict gets resolved. And so to me, communication really is key to everything. As a parent, how do I communicate to my kids? How do I make my seven-year-old or my 10-year-old understand what you did is either a good thing or it's a bad thing? And how do I reinforce the lesson the right way? You know, how do I teach them what I want to teach them without you know, having them walking away with the wrong impression about, oh, well, daddy was angry or mm -hmm. things like that? So I'm always thinking about how I communicate. 
Paul, we really appreciate your time. And um, do you think, like, do you think you could teach me to play guitar? Absolutely. You really think so? Anybody can play guitar. I'm super uncoordinated, though. Doesn't matter. It's a matter. Do you want to do it, and are you willing to put in the work? Just like anything else they teach you here at Ryla, it's do you want it, and are you willing to put in the work? Uh, Paul Murray, everybody! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks once again to Paul Murray for being our guest here on the Rylacast. Um, a guy that I swear I think I spoke to him the first day we arrived at camp and said, "Hey, we want to pull you aside for an interview." And then I want to say it was like the last day we were like, "Dude, we got to do this!" Like we just couldn't coordinate the time, but it ended up working out great. So I uh, appreciate uh, Paul Murray spending a little bit of his day uh, with us at Camp Ryla, District Fifty Eight Ten, Two Thousand Nineteen. That's a lot of numbers. All right, That's good. It's my job to bring us home. Bring it on home. Bring us home, Greg. Here's something to leave you with. So I think that whenever you talk about communicating with people, one of the things that whenever whenever you're talking about communication skills, one methodology to connect with your audience is by offering a personal story, offering something from your own life that or that you know of that will help to draw a conclusion or help drive home a point. You may be familiar with this podcast where we do, we often do that, right? That's something that is a common refrain from people who teach communication skills is, you know, use some sort of personal story. It can create a sense of purpose, right? Mm. But I read this article, and I don't even know what this website is. So Probably Harvard Business it. Journal. It's not the Harvard Business Journal. It looks British of some kind. But it, it, it more or less talks about how um, that, that people are natural storytellers. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that you can are you are you sharing a story or are you telling a story? Because I think that there's 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 different ways to do this. Uh, and I'll read this. This is from Coravel. I don't know. Storytelling can be used to help people connect with organizational purpose and meaning. However, rather than depending on a small group of leaders transmitting their version of a narrative, a more effective approach is to involve everyone. So more or less, the idea of, of sharing a story is something like, here's something that maybe you have experienced, as opposed to here's this wild thing that happened to me. Using that to help you connect with somebody, I think, is, is important. But, it, but even on a, on a broader sense, I think that whenever you're, you're looking to connect with somebody that, that maybe um, is a um, – perhaps it is a, a, an antagonistic – relationship or perhaps it is something that you are you're having to work through where it's going to be a challenge to you to communicate with this person right uh that maybe they don't want to be communicated with or you are on opposite sides of a problem that you're looking to resolve things like that i think that one of the things that you can i think one of the one of the strategies that this kind of talks about is finding that common ground finding that common uh sense of purpose and saying okay well we're both here for the same for the same reason finding a way to communicate that in a way that is um, agreeable to both sides in the sense that, um, you know, if you and I are negotiating some sort of contract, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. if, you know, you're going to want, you're going to want one thing, I may want the exact opposite thing. But if we're going to end up working on towards a compromise, we've got to communicate, we've got to find some sort of common ground. And I think that in a lot of ways, 
using you know the, the storytelling and, and and it can be a communication tool used by leaders to help influence an audience to help them kind of bring them towards the middle where you can meet there. Um, I think that that's something that is uh, can be effective sometimes, uh, especially when you're talking about because uh, I think. You know, when we talk about leadership, uh, the communication with regards to leadership, I think we're, we're a lot of times we, we kind of default to the idea of we're all on the same team and we just need to communicate. And, you know, you think of like the things we do at Ryla, right? Where it's right. like, oh, all these activities are we're all on the same team. We need to, you know, pull together and find the best way to communicate with one another because we're all working towards a common goal. But there are other opportunities, you know, or other instances in which leaders are going to have to communicate with people who are not on their side, mm-hmm. who are not within their group, and who oftentimes may want the exact opposite of what the group wants. And so finding methods like storytelling, finding methods like um, you know common ground, common goals, and communicating those effectively, um, I think can be a way to um, – to, to bridge that gap, and and that's that's an, I think one of the more diff, one of the bigger challenges of communication is whenever it's not communicating within a team, but rather commu- communicating perhaps without a team, communicating you know outside of a team. So anyway, I found this link and I read that thing off it. So there you go. Well, thanks. All right, it, communicating is hard when yeah, I mean especially now more than ever when you've got differing viewpoints and sure just well, stick- well and that's the thing is is you know. There's also, I think there are more pitfalls with communicating now than there were 50 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yep. That I think that, um, I think the expectation, rightfully so, has been raised for public discourse that we are expected, we are, I think that we are expected to be better at communicating in 2019 than we were in in 1958. To pick a a, 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 a year at random. But I also think that we are worse at it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the expectation, the bar should be higher because we have better understanding of one another and what makes people tick and, and, and how, how to be kind to one another. And yet I think we often – we more often fall short of that bar uh, than we should. And that is Greg Tepper Editorial signing the bottom of the screen like Dale Hansen. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. A very special thanks to Paul Murray for being our very special guest on this episode of the RylaCast. Please rate and subscribe to this podcast uh, and tell a friend. Here to tell you about an antiquated way to tell a friend how to subscribe to this podcast and to listen to this podcast. They don't have to subscribe, but maybe if they try one, they will hear me say to subscribe, and they will. Here with an antiquated way to tell people about that is Josie. Yes, thank you, Greg. Uh, grab, uh, make a snowflake by folding a paste, piece of paper in a certain areas. Cut, and the, cut, cut the, the thing out. Cut the listen to the Riley cast. And then when you're decorating for Thanksgiving and behind your cornucopia, mm. hang that snowflake. That. Snowflake for, the court for Thanksgiving, huh? Or kind of leaning into oh. compromising hmm. with yeah. other people's Christmas holidays. Like. Yeah, well, this is a podcast that is dedicated to Thanksgiving. It's the only holiday that matters. Thanks again for spending part of your day with us. And Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next time on The Rally Cast.